Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's time for a fresh Rich and Bolelli episode as we dig in on some grand Dows concepts, as well as examining what Joe Rogan's massive Spotify contract means to the classic podcast model. Individual responsibility versus being a product of your culture being willing to take on more yourself than you ask of others, all while living somewhere between Buddha and Arya Stark. Away we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast, episode 186, believe it or not. Another gorgeous Ohio. These Ohio summers aren't quite as brutal as I was fearing. This is not valley weather at no, all. This is good. This is good. We'll have shitty October, I'm sure, but it is delightful. Yep. So far, so good. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. In, ad- <laughs> in addition to crossing fingers, we can also do more than that. Today, oh. we can in there give some thanks. Oh. Starting with, of course, short design t-shirts who have been awesome to us by producing our four different design t-shirts and sending those to us. If you guys are interested in the Drunken Taoist t-shirts, check them out in the episode notes. Uh, shout out to grasslandbeef.com. Oh, yes. Who have the most amazing range of uh, you know bison and elk and all sorts of crazy stuff but also something as basic as chicken and all the good stuff so rather than getting it at the grocery store give these guys a look see if that's something you're interested at at grasslandbeef.com but also in the thank you department featuring prominently are the sweet folks who have donated to the podcast. Well, let's mess their names up. Yes, let's do this. Let the pottering begin. So thank you to Mr. Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKee, Frederick Hahn, Ross Cranham, Andre Garapetian, Lisa Robles, and Nick Zunik. Quick mention, Kiva.org, uh, your fellow listeners, we're approaching 4,000 loans, which just seems ridiculous. That's and you know, over over one hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars in loans. That's and I super think sweet. The return rate is like ninety-nine point two percent. So there, you know, there are a few that collapse under themselves, but it, compared to like <laughs> the stock market, um, yeah. Give the money, lend the money, money comes back. Lend again. Kiva.org. Check it out. It's a good way. Even in these times, there's a lot of um, people that need COVID help that are on there, even in the U.S. So. Um, it's my favorite charity, and it's remained, you know, up and up over all these years. So, I so, think they do good things. So that's awesome. And if you want to support us, there's two ways to go about it. There's uh, PayPal, PayPal.me forward slash dbolelli. That is the letter D as in Daniele, and my last name B O L E L L I. Again, that's PayPal.me forward slash dbolelli. 
or if you shop on Amazon, you might as well go through our link. It helps us a whole lot, it's deeply appreciated, and the link is the letter D, the letter B, the word amazing.com. DBAMazing.com. Thank you guys so much for doing that. I know it's an extra few clicks, but it helps us a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Having said that, let's jump into our episode. Excellent. All right, here we are again. Hello, everybody. The COVID continues on, but we continue socially, distantly, properly, so that we may bring you another entertaining episode of yeah. a Richard Bellelli episode. Always yes, fun. indeed. That's Some... a mighty fine shirt you have on there. Thank you, my man. It's a rare case that I'm wearing not a short design T-shirt or one of our own. It's a glorious yin yang, which seems rather apropos today, not only because we are on the Drunken Taoist, but also because I want to chat a little bit about a Taoist concept. Now, today I found myself in an exchange with somebody uh, regarding... I'll tell you how it starts out, and it's really not really... That's a specific example. The point I want to make is way bigger than the specific. But like the specific, we are talking about elections and uh, politicians who have a shot at winning elections and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, somebody was... Uh, I was probably putting it a little heavy in the... There's a monstrous amount of stupidity out there Ugh. among the average voter. And somebody was like, oh, you're going to blame some poor fuck in the Appalachian Mountain who just got kicked in every which way about. And I'm like, no, I get it. But here is the problem. There's a... We can decide how we go about it. And I tend to flip on this particular issue a lot. But this is the issue of individual responsibility versus there are larger forces at play and the individual is just a cog in the machine. And if we want to justify the um, poor guy somewhere who just got kicked around, there's no job, there's no prospects, there's no these, who makes horrendously terrible political choices, we can, and I understand the rationale, but then we probably justify everybody for everything, right? Because the reality is that everybody is a product of their environment. Everybody's the product of their culture. Everybody's a product of the family they grew up into, of the parents they had, of the education they had, of the classmates they had, of all the 10,000 forces that shape who they are. And the number of people who are going to be able to actually make choices for themselves that are not simply regurgitating everything that has been downloaded in their brain by all these other forces yep. is really small. Uh, I mean, it's if you go back into go back to the year 1800, you know, a little over 200 years ago, if you didn't believe that owning other human beings and beating the shit out of them to keep them in line, to keep producing for you, you were kind of a freak. Well, they'd probably find a way to teach you. Yeah, it's like you were a majority of people, so absolutely nothing morally wrong with the notion of slavery. These were people who were the product of their time and the product of their culture, you know. 
fast forward, you hit a certain critical mass, and now the same descendants of those people who look at it and go like, how could anybody own another human being? That's so obviously moral. This is happening all the time at all times, the fact that people are not really questioning that hard the cultural programming that has been downloaded into them, and so they are essentially a cog in this larger machine, right? They are a product of their times and culture with very little individual input that allow them to actually take a stand that's theirs, that's truly their own, that's their values, their choice, their... So if we want to play that, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, because I understand that's the reality for most people. But then you're essentially absolving everybody of individual responsibility of any kind, because you can understand why everybody is fucked up the way they are. You can understand... Uh, so child... Everybody has an excuse, is what you're saying. Totally. And good ones. Yeah. You know, if kind you of... the, take the words of the child abuser who they themselves got abused and the kid and got kicked in the teeth all the time and then they got... It's all I knew. Yeah. Sure. There's a logic there. Yeah. There's also a point where you're an adult and yes, you got dealt shitty cards and I'm sorry for you, but then you also decided to deal them back and play those cards and the way you choose to play them, I can, again, I can understand why you play them the way you do because of how you grew up, how you are raised, your culture, your values, your this or that, doesn't change the fact that the outcome is the same. You're still the one playing them, and you're playing them horribly. Yep. At the same time, I do understand that just focusing purely on the individual without understanding some of the larger forces behind it is also a mistake. You know, if you say, like, uh, I don't know, somebody who's a dumb fuck, oh, a name by chance, Trump. If you say it's all about Trump... No, it's not. No. Trump is like a product of a process. He's not the creator of the process. He's not the thing. Because then you get into this illusion that... He's not the disease. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And so it's like there was no Trump because right before Trump, everything was great. It's like, it's a C. And if it's not him, it's somebody else. And there's... The problem is there is... Granted, not everybody played the cards as shitty as the next guy. Some people are better at it than others. But there's a larger process at play, and that's the origin of the problem, not the specific symptom, as you're saying. So I do understand it both ways. You know, I understand, uh, hey, you hold uh, the individual's feet to the fire because they are making choices. And I do understand, uh, yeah, but it's not just about the individual. It's about a, a much larger problem that's behind it. Well, there's crazy uh, polling right now that 50% of white people are going to vote for Trump. That's insane. How does that even seem possible? Yeah, that's insane. And, and I, I mean, understand the cultists and the evangelicals yeah. and all the advantages that they're getting, their judges and all these things in there, and willing to overlook anything. Yeah. But th- this dude just isn't a leader. Yeah, no, that's a complete insanity. And I mean, I today, like, Democrats announced Kamala Harris as VP, and it's like... I mean, I understand. I look at the Democratic ticket and I want to throw up. But I, at the same time, I'm hoping that I get to hate them. Yeah. Because I will hate them. There's no argument. They are going to do horrible things. No, they're going to be but running they are, the corporation's uh, script just like always. Right. But, but it but, can't be worse, can it? No. And even if it's 20% better, hey, that's 20%. That's a lot better than a kick in the ass. And somewhere to build from. Yeah. So it's... Um, 
I get it. You know, I get that it's a complicated process, but I think that's the, to me, that's the question. And I don't know how to answer the question because I do feel both ways strongly. There are times when I'm very gung-ho on the individual of like you as an individual are making choices. You as an individual are responsible for those choices. Other times I'm like, this poor bastard is a product of their... But, but even these folks, man, because I lived in the South for a long time, yeah. and the folks that are like actual clan members that really believe sure. that they are above fellow human beings oh, yeah. for reasons that make no sense to anybody that's got even the tiniest bit of even a heart. Mm-hmm. How do you escape that? And, you know, if that's where you plant yourself, there's no excuse for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because that's a that's a you know I understand I grew up this way heritage not hate I've heard all this horse shit sure. for all these years but the fact that you hate people and yeah. like would shriek them off I hate them I hate them yeah what the fuck you never met them yeah it's in fact I don't have a hard clear line there that I hold consistently I shift I shift from being more like hey man you need to take care of your choices versus so do I really want to focus on these poor fucks damn idea or do I want to focus on what's at the root of it all or what's behind it which is rough because there's no convincing them otherwise anyway yeah, so you and, are just wasting your time and, I've been blocking so many people thanks to your lead I mean there's no reason for yeah, it anymore no. you will not be convinced this is a waste of time completely and if the conversation is leading nowhere, and particularly if it's not pleasant, yeah. which rarely is. Life's too short. Yes. This brings me to my Taoist concept that I wanted to have. This is going to fix it all. Here yes. it comes. Well, <laughs> it's not going to fix it all, but it's about within the two feet around, away from your chest, what you can reach out with your hands kind of thing. Maybe more than two feet. I don't know. Whatever long your arms are. I think you got three feet. The, yeah, maybe. Otherwise, I have really stubby little arms. But uh, <laughs> the the point being, what you can affect usually doesn't go that far. Usually go your house, the people who live in your house, uh, your friends, your neighborhood. Man, that's already getting kind of sketchy. It's uh, so clearly, you know, worrying about uh, the great global system. It's like, yeah, you can have a great theory and it's going to make no difference in anybody's life because yep. you're not going to single-handedly change the economic system we depend on or exploitation of the environment or something else. <sighs> so then the question is, okay, what is that you can do? What is that you can have impact on? There's a line from the Tao Te Ching that's interesting in terms of interpersonal relationship. It's um, in one of the translation. It's a um, the wise man will select the left hand part of contractalis. He will not put the debt on other men. The virtuous man promotes agreement. The vicious man allots the blame. In a different translation, the same passage reads, uh, the sage takes the left tally and doesn't place the obligation on the other party. One who has virtue wants to patch things up. One who has no virtue wants to punish the other party. Now, this mysterious reference to the left-hand part of the contract, that's because the way, I guess, contracts were designed in China back at the time when the Tao Te Ching was being written down is that in a, between a creditor and uh, somebody who received the credit, 
the person on the left side was the one who owed something. The person who signed on the right side was the creditor, the one who hands out something, right? So the idea of choosing to take the left side, that means that you take the harder role. You take the role of the one who's going to try to work to fix it. You take the role of the one who's essentially in debt, quote-unquote, meaning that he has to do something to rectify the situation. So essentially means you take responsibility. In an interaction between two people, you choose to take more responsibility than you require of the other person. So in terms of standards, that means that not only means things like that fixing things is more important than establishing guilt, but it really means that you are willing to work harder, if necessary, to come to a positive solution than uh, like you apply to yourself standards that are harder than the standards you apply to somebody else. And the reason is not just pure altruism, like, oh, uh, la, la, you know, let's think kumbaya around the fire kind of stuff. It has a practical aspect to it that first and foremost benefit you. And in the process, it benefits other people, which is if I place the expectation on you to behave in a certain way, if I expect certain super high standards from you, do I have any control on it? Ultimately, you do whatever the fuck you want to do and there's, I can get mad at you. I can point at how you failed and say, man, come on, this is what's required for a good interaction, blah, 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 blah. And I'm right, maybe. But the point is, I still can't change you. Are you putting the same expectations on yourself? Well, that's the idea. If I put harder expectation on myself, not even the same, let alone the fact that most people put harder expectation on others than they do on themselves right. because it's convenient. But even if it's 50-50, the reality is that in many, 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 many cases, you're going to be disappointed because the other person is not going to live up to their 50%. And you're going to be like, hey, I match you at 50.01 and you didn't meet me there and you suck and poor me and I'm good and... Yeah, that doesn't solve shit. Yeah, maybe you're right. Sounds familiar, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, maybe you're 100% <laughs> right. But the problem is we're still where we are. So this notion of being willing to take more on yourself than you expect on other people has a very practical purpose. is because you have control over yourself. You yep. do not have control over another person. So if the expectation is I need to go 70% and they need to go 30 as long as they get their 30 done, then you're good. You know, you don't need to, you're limiting the odds of you walking away upset, disappointed, and let down. And just accepting the fact that I'm going to have to do twice as much work. Yeah, that's how it is. That makes sense, because then you have much more expectation that it will go your way. Yeah, the idea is surprise me. Yeah. If you do your 50%, or maybe you even do more than 50%. Let's not get crazy. Yeah. Wow. But that's a pleasant surprise. Certainly. That's not an expectation, because again, if I come to expect that ideal behavior from people on a daily basis, yeah, good luck with that. And you're going to spend your day miserable, pissed off, whining about how you are the only one who got it done right, and everybody's an asshole and all of that. And now, and I'm not even saying you're wrong, maybe you are truly right and it still doesn't help and you're still miserable and the other people are still assholes so 
since sitting there complaining about how bad they are and how good you are doesn't help anybody, this idea of being willing to take more on yourself than you ask of others, I think is an empowering one for, again, not just out of altruism. That Sure, that's a nice byproduct, but it's primarily for yourself. Look what I did. Right? It's, and it's also, it needs to get done. I want it to get done. Yep. That's all that matters. Now, of course, like every single good rule, there are exceptions. But well, just for you, so you say on yeah. a grand scale, by taking the extra amount of effort on yourself, mm-hmm. beyond just saying, oh, look what I did, you are reaching the goal and moving things forward. And that's pretty much what it's going to take because most of the time that other person is never going to. Yeah. So if you want it done, get in, grind harder, take care of most of it yourself, and then just take the victory and move on. Yeah. In a relationship where there are two people who love each other, even more so, right? It's like... To me, I mean, we talk about it in regards to parenting, we talk the same with the relationship and all sorts of stuff. Sometimes my attitude is, look, I don't give a fuck about anything else. I want us both in this relationship to be happy and healthy, okay? Whatever it takes to deliver that. So tell me what the hell it is that you need. And if it's humanly within my capacities, I'm going to bend over backwards to make sure it's delivered to you. And ideally, you'll feel, and I'm not measuring, you know, you need to do the exact same for me, but ideally you're going to want to extend some measure of reciprocity. Maybe it's not exact. Now, there are cases where what you need and what they need, there's still a gap in between, between what they are capable of delivering and what you're capable of delivering, and then you've got a problem. Because, of course, it's like, look, we're doing our best, but there's a gap there that's not getting filled by my strength or your strength. But if you have both parties presenting 70%, then you really got something. Then you really got something. And even if you have uh, whatever it is, if you approach it as a, hey, there's a, there's a 100% that needs to get done. Let's figure out how we can get it done together. And yeah, maybe, oh, fuck, you're only capable of 38. You know what? I am capable of 62, so it works. I can, don't worry about it. Don't even stress. It's fine. Another time, if you can, you push harder. That's good. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes what you are capable of delivering, what they are capable of delivering, doesn't add to a good result anyway. But again, in which case, it's not a personal, like, oh, you suck. It's, we tried our best. We really did. Something's missing. That's all there is to it, right? That's a lot healthier way to look at it rather than you suck. You just don't have what it takes. It's like, yeah, maybe they don't have what it takes. It's not that they want, they woke up one day saying, I really don't want to have what it takes to be happy and make things work, right? It's like they're doing their fucking best and or something at least approximating. Their best may suck in your eyes, (laughs) but, you know, they are trying what they are able to. And so I think part of the gig is on one end, that aspect for sure. There is the exception, but before we jump into that, was there something you wanted to jump on this part? No, I think I was just having an imagination of what if 85% of us did give our best all the time? Because I don't think that percentage is anywhere near realistic. I think there's a lot of folks that get by doing the least possible. Of course. And that's probably the majority. 
And I think that's even like what love to me is. Is like if looking at somebody makes me want to give everything I possibly can to make sure they are happy. And I'm forgetting 50% or my percentage or percentage. I'm trying everything I can to make sure they are happy. Yep. That's powerful. And in an I not even that much of an ideal word, anybody who is not a complete asshole is going to be moved by that. Because if I see somebody who is bending over backwards to try to make me happy, if I'm not a complete piece of shit, it's going to make me want to give even more. Yeah. Right? Because I'm like, look how fucking sweet this is. Look how adorable is this action. They don't have to do that. They are doing it anyway. That makes me want to give more. That makes me want to be kinder. That makes me want to be more patient. That makes me want to dig deeper and find better qualities in myself because this person is doing it for me. I feel sorry for a lot of people because I don't think many people ever even encounter that. And to be lucky enough to come across that and have that in your life, even for two days, but for 30 years, and I think you have a gift. And I think there's a problem there that sometimes nobody wants to be the first one to, to quote the Tao Te Ching, to take the left-hand part of the contract. Because you are used to it that if you do, I'm going to get screwed over. Yep, they're going to take advantage of me and I'm just being set up and I'm a sucker. And part of the attitude is, yeah, maybe. So what? That's the only thing that's going to move the easy impasse. So let me try. Let me try to take the left-hand part of the contra. Let me try to work harder. Let me try to bend over backwards more. Let me try to deliver more. Let me try to do all that. You and might if be it, pleasantly surprised. One, because again, in many cases, people get touched. Yeah, by effort and kindness, yeah. right? And and that's why, for example, in a relationship, I hate, even in a kidding kind of way, talking shit. Yeah, I hate. I want the somebody to feel that I got their back. I want somebody to feel that they are accepted, that they are loved, that they are. There's not even a question that that's not part of the equation there, right? Right. And so then they do their best, hopefully. Now, in some cases, it doesn't... Now, okay, let's look at the exception then. The exception is, in some cases, it's true that you may be overprotecting somebody by not asking enough of them. Mm, by being, Letting them slide. Yeah, by taking it all on yourself and letting them slide a lot you are setting an expectation for them that's lower. In which case, then they may deliver even less. And now you're being taken advantage exactly. of. Exactly. And it may not even be conscious, but it's kind of like, oh, thank you, thank you. I only have to push 30%. And they get used that 30% is the limit. And suddenly they are tired one day. And so they deliver 27. And then the next day, that, and it becomes a problem then because it becomes a hero complex of... I will do it all for us because I'm the hero of the situation and I have the big broad shoulders and I'll take it all on myself and I'll be the one. And it's like, at that point, not only is it unfair to you, because it is, but it's also you're not really helping the other person anymore at that point because you're actually, what's the word, infantilize? Like you're treating them like a kid yeah, who yeah. cannot be relied on at all. And then it's like... There's something to be said for responsibility. There's something to be said for letting people struggle a little to grow, to become stronger, you know? So, of course, what I just said are two contradictory things. I know. It seems to be danger at every turn. Right? Because it's the, 
that's life. Yep. That's exactly right. And you got to roll the dice and give it a try. And if you're going to do that, you might as well put your best effort in. If somebody does take advantage of you, that sucks for sure. But But you didn't do anything wrong unless you go too far and continue to enable them. Yeah. I tend to do that. My tendency is uh, I tend to fall more often into the enabling than in not doing enough. Um, I rather... If I have to make a mistake, I'd rather make it that way than make it in the direction of... Uh, well, if you're not going to do it, I'm not going to do it either. Yeah. Now everything's falling short. Exactly. No, or that happens a lot too. That I didn't do enough. That at least I can say, look, I did my absolute best and more. And probably I pushed too hard. I Maybe I should have let them work a little, you know, some of that. But I don't want to walk away feeling that in the name of some abstract principle of fairness, I didn't give it my best shot at something. And so, but again, it's not to say that my mistake is a good mistake. It still sucks. Oh, yeah. You know, enabling somebody to be weaker ultimately is not a good step. So it's, uh, I think like, if anything we learn from Taoism and it's how life works is that, yeah, you can be very much damned if you do and you can be damned if you don't. But there's a sweet spot there and that sweet spot is constantly moving where it works, where that balance between doing too much and doing too little is just right. And it's a small range, but it's a range. It's not just a dot on the line. There's a little bit of a range there. It's only when that range gets passed dramatically in one direction or another that things go to hell. And... And I think that's why, unfortunately, something like what we are talking about or pretty much anything else we talk about is always difficult in terms of finding the quote-unquote perfect solution because the perfect solution is not a formula. It's not a recipe that you can copy and say, I'm going to do exactly what he said to do with step uh, the 12 rules for whatever the fuck. It doesn't work that way. It's, it requires a sensibility to adjust to each situation just by five degrees one way or 10 the other way and read the situation and read the person and read yourself and read the energy that all of it and be able to make those micro adjustments because you can have a perfect theory but you are misreading the situation a little and you apply the perfect theory and you go off in a very unhealthy direction. No fault of your own in terms of you meant well you just misread the situation. What's the old quote? Uh, every battle plan is great until the first shot is fired. Yeah, right. Or Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's why it's, I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying as a general rule, if we're going to double into the general rule department, as a general rule, it's probably better to go a little too much than too little in that regard. In, in Putting those standards, you know, left-hand side of the contract, putting harder standards on yourself than you expect from others. If you are going to make mistakes, that's not a bad mistake to make. You know, that's better than the alternatives. Let's put it that way. At least you're pushing it in your direction. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing oh, what you can. Guys. You are uh, you beautiful blue jays here. Yep, there I'm are. <laughs> there definitely are. Yeah, you're doing what you can. You're 
you're trying to move a situation rather than sitting back and pointing fingers, which is always better than that alternative, you know, because that alternative just sucks. And in that sense, there's something else in the Tao Te Ching that's pretty sweet that kind of goes on the same concept. And now, by the way, I'm going to say shit that very often I don't practice, okay? And I'm going to praise it, and then I'm plenty of occasions I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's, uh, in chapter 49 of the Tao Te Ching, in one of the translations, it say, people who are good, I treat well. People who are not good, I also treat well. The concept there is that if you decide to be like a sun, you shine for everybody. You don't choose who you shine for. It's like, I'll shine for you, but hey, you are an asshole, so I'm not going to shine for you. It's like, you shine because it's your essence. You shine because it feels good to shine, regardless of who chooses to catch your rays. Um, You shine because you understand that everybody's struggling and even some shitty people there's something in there that's not shitty and you're trying to shine through all their bullshit to get to that place. Um, way easier said than done. Way easier. There's w- just some folks you don't want to shine on. And in some cases, again, back to the exception, I don't even think it's healthy every time. Sometimes some asshole need a punch in the face. Hell you know. Yes. So the question again is, where do you make the call? When is that it's time to for the face punching to begin? And when is that instead you have to be Jesus turning the other cheek and being sweet to everyone? They are both real. They are both right in their own time. There's uh, there's a timing of it all. Where I think we had an episode at one point when we talk about this uh, somewhere between Buddha and Arya Stark, right? <laughs> Eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. Uh oh, what's that black helicopter? Okay, it feels like we're in a scene from Apocalypse Now with the helicopter. So I'm expecting Charlie like don't uh, surf. the what was that song? Fly with Valkyrie. Start mashing gun in as well. Yeah, the um, they are both legitimate in their right measure, in their right time, in the right context. Some, I think, because ultimately, otherwise, we're saying, uh, hey, figure it out, because there are a bunch of completely opposite choices that are all right in their time, but they are wrong at some other time. Yeah, I mean, we are saying that. However, we are also saying that some choices tend to be spot on more often than not. Some are more the rules and some are more the exception. And so that's where, you know, for example, the we being willing to take more responsibility on, that tends to be more the rule than the exception. Being trying really hard to be kind to everyone, that should be the rule. And then there are the exceptions. Yeah. You know. Some some of bitches just don't deserve it. Totally. And in some cases it's gonna be wasted because it doesn't achieve a result on anybody. You are going to, maybe it's the wrong day. Maybe you're at the limit of your energy. You don't have it in you. It doesn't feel good for you to shine that day. Some days it feels good for you. Even if you don't achieve anything, you feel good in doing it. Some day it doesn't. It's a struggle. But at least if it's a struggle, but it helps the other person, okay, that could work. Or somebody else who's there who sees that and turns something on in them, okay, it's worth it. But if it doesn't, if it's a struggle for you, the other person is not going to benefit them because they are too much of an asshole. There's then I'm nobody. saving my energy then. Then it's like, <laughs> okay, energy saving time and just 
face punch in I mean metaphorical face maybe metaphorical Sometimes. face punch in time you know but I think it's uh it's a good goal to lay down something as the default mode and then make the exception and I think is the being willing to take more responsibility being willing to try to be kind in all circumstances being willing to try to be more forgiving to understand other those are good baselines that you can depart from ideally not that often I think a good example is the insanity going on in Sturgis South Dakota right now oh yeah I saw that yeah that's nice. I mean there's fellas that are you really doing that Dude, yeah. they don't deserve any sunshine for that yeah that's insane that's uh, I've been to Sturgis a bunch of times I've been actually during the rally because I was like in the Black Hills multiple times which was I've probably seen. generally wacky but pretty cool yeah yeah it's, but um, this is not the moment no, 47 really states spinning around together yeah I couldn't believe that they are having that's pretty wild but oh, that you the, did you see the uh, Native American folks will not allow them to cross their the reservation yeah. Yeah. yeah they're like sorry detour yeah, yeah. Oh. the other way yeah that's good sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, no, in fact, and I'm not, you know, I think based on everything we've been saying, I think it should be pretty clear that I don't have this Pollyanna, just be kind to everyone no, all the time. Possible. It's like, no, and it's not even the right choice in all situations, you know. But I think it's a good first step. Try that. If it doesn't work, you can always go through plan B kind of hard to go to plan b if your plan a is punch them in the face you can't exactly then turn and go like okay let's be kind now it's like that usually doesn't work super well no i you, think I, I i generally try that as well man i try to have a good attitude but there's just some days yeah no no i get it and online is the perfect <sighs> horrible recipe for this stuff where things tend to go to shit really fast you can turn it up pretty quickly yeah i find calling some of these folks bots make them crazy yeah yeah i think that's the program in the bot thing that it automatically sees the word bot and yes, fires back of course and your mother smells and yeah oh yeah, what of course. it's on now motherfucker yeah pretty much <laughs> that's how it is um michael brooks died i saw that Former drunken Taoist guest. It was 18 months ago. 37, 37 years old. Yep. What the fuck? Some sort of crazy clotting issue. Embolism yeah. somewhere and dead. Yeah, that's just and insane. I had followed him for a while. Man. I was very excited when he came on. And uh, he's just he was so smart. It just sort of melted my brain a little bit. But he was a guy that... You wanted him on your side. He really wanted yeah. the world to be a better place, and there's not a whole lot of that sometimes. No, that was fucked up. That was really just like, what the fuck? That, that's, you know, we have talked about, and we'll talk in future episodes coming up, about some time when you feel that there's a sense in things, there's a script being played that where you feel like things are actually clicking. Even bad things sometimes feel like they are clicking. Yeah. This one did not feel like clicking anything. It no, was just it was the worst possible moment. Yeah, it was weird. For a voice like that to just... And not even... Oh, well, thank God it wasn't fentanyl or some crazy... No. His body just had a defect and that was it. And nobody can know and so potentially anybody, anytime has that and it's... Which is good to be aware of. Yeah, that's a serious fucking lesson in impermanence and regarding the fact that nothing... Nothing's promised. Nope. Nope, nope, no. But yeah, I was sad about it. That yeah. was really messed up i'm uh 
I'm writing letters to potential voters who haven't voted in the past four elections that may lean my way or another, but it's, I, I'm having a good time with it. Yeah, in good battleground states, that's yeah. important. So I'm doing 20 at a time and just came up with the, the script is more of, you know, the fact that so few people in this world actually have the right to vote. Yeah. I'd really like it if you would go ahead and use yours. Yeah, um vote vote like yours is the one that matters the most yeah i'm seeing like i saw a few articles lately about kind of what's seen as sort of the death of the american empire oh my god and they seem to be a little spot on in terms of um, it's the most terrifying thing i think i already knew it all though but the, yeah. i think the quote that killed me the most the average father doesn't spend 20 minutes a day with their children yeah that's a sign of a society that has screwed up something serious you yeah know? what is wrong with us where him yeah. to go and and you know my sort of take on it was well the poor bastard has to work twelve hours a day sure. just and spends two hours in traffic and sure. you know the time's just not available he's killing himself trying to provide for them chasing something he doesn't even know what it is he's chasing yep. at the uh, detriment of his own family yep. and there's something terribly 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 wrong yep. why we don't and as we can see with everything we've learned from COVID so far. 30-hour work weeks, four days a week. There's no yeah. reason. There's no reason that that's not other than some guy wants to have the biggest bag of goodies. Yeah, no, in fact, there's clearly something wrong with the system that's where people are popping antidepressants like there's no tomorrow. And, and energy drinks. And kids hardly see their parents. And there's something. That, the problem is this, is that while you know there's clearly has been a lot of horrible stuff associated with quote unquote the american empire when you look at the alternatives it's not exactly that the alternatives are there are what is the the chinese government is the one that we want to be making decisions it's like no but there's, there's folks in scandinavia seem yeah. to have it figured, figured out pretty well yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something about uh, there's we've lost our levelness like i get, i think an example was made in canada right like Everybody has a living wage. Everybody has yeah. the same health, you know, not, it's not even insurance, just health care. And when you have those two things out of their system, sort of like the grab all you can and fuck everybody else, that, that, yeah, that whole. And, and we just talked about, you know, the American individualism. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah, but I think, I mean, in some ways, like, yeah, I know it's going to hell. It just also said because the alternatives are, there's not exactly a rush of enlightened models to take the global leadership and make things cool. So it's... Um, well, I think we almost tricky. have to do it on a community level at this point. I mean, those whole sort of, if things everywhere are going to collapse down, the idea of, you know, smaller tribal units and you guys have 50 acres and you farm together and take care of each other yep. and, I mean... That would be a pretty incredible way to live. And because we are pros and we can wrap everything up in a, with a beautiful bow on top. Yep. It also goes back to that. Yeah, there may not be the global leadership of the enlightened monarch, but there is you being willing to go a little bit of an extra mile yep. with the people around you and helping them along the way. And that's... No, you're not going to be propose a new global model, but again, it's the ripple effect that you can have in a powerful way in your small surroundings and ideally let the ripple travel further and further. So for people who are lost and mad and fucked up and in 
depressed as hell and never seen their kids they see somebody else who's doing something not because they have necessarily better circumstances which then can the envy can kick in or like oh lucky you because you know you got no it's because they make certain choices and i'm like wait there's nothing that prevent me from making those choices and if they lead to a better place let me give it a shot and i think that's the way to go the beatles told us a long time ago and in the end the love you get is equal to the love you make i want to get to know if i could be the kind of girl that you could be down for cause when i look at you i feel something tell me that you're the kind of guy that i should make a move on and if i told it you know then i won't be for you i do There's something that I wanted to talk about last few times and I always forgot. Uh, so this is not exactly news anymore, but it's still interesting and worth going into. Let's, uh, let's play a little with Mr. Joe Rogan and this humongous Spotify contract, which, you know, good for him. I'm glad he's making money. Yeah. There's a whole debate regarding, I mean, this brings a bigger, larger debate regarding podcasting in general, you know, what the deal is with podcasting, what's, because traditionally the platform, the way it started has always been free. Um, clearly they're going behind paywalls, like what I did with History on Fire. You know, here we are, Drunken Taoist is still the model of the classic podcast, free everywhere, no money. Everything is through... No money uh, more than one way. Yeah, <laughs> through the <laughs> kindness of your heart by sending us something and the occasional sponsor, that kind of thing. Um, History on Fire, I couldn't do that for reasons that we'll get into in a second. But uh, And then oh, there are things that are not exactly paywalls, but kind of like... Spot What's the deal with Spotify? Like I know that you, if you have to pay $10 a month to have un unlimited access but you can have it free if you have ads. Is that how it works? That's what I have, have come to believe. Okay, okay. Cause I'm, and it seems like even even after that's gone down, or maybe it hasn't been implemented yet, but Joe it still, still, still seems to be on YouTube. It's happening in December, I think. Oh, okay. It's happening uh, toward the end of the year. I think it's going to make people crazy. After that, it's going to be gone from YouTube. It's going to be gone from... And so that raises some questions, because, you know, on one end... Uh, well, there's the real limit, aside for Joe's example, and we're going to get into Joe's example in a second, but like one of the issues with this whole gig is the fact that inevitably the free podcasting model is tricky, to say the least, because you are depending on people who are hard-pressed for their money to send you money for a product that's free. So... Yeah, yeah, it's true. If everybody, even a podcast that has like, I don't know, 10,000 listeners or something, the if everybody donates $1, okay, that podcast is making money. If everybody donates $1 a month, they are making good money with a relatively not a crazy huge audience. You yep. know what I mean? 
if you have a podcast that's having 70,000 downloads, 100,000 downloads, 200,000 downloads, and people even donate as little a dollar a year, then you're making serious money. But know? none of that's realistic. But they that's, don't donate jack shit. I mean, our percentages are 0.0002% yeah, listeners. Much, and much. I'm sure everybody's the same way. Yeah. I mean, I think the... You are lucky if you get to one percent or two percent, and incredible. you are, and you are more likely in the zero point something. So unfortunately, that concept, which I get all the time from people, and I know that the people who write it they mean it, but they don't understand that they are the exception. Is if I oh, but isn't it cooler if I can just donate directly to you guys? It's like yeah, it would be cooler if people did it. Yep. But the reality is that the percentage is so tiny that he really. Does it, I mean, unless you have uh, 10 million people kind of downloads, in which case even a 0.1, it's a lot. Yep. But otherwise, that doesn't work. So well, Duncan always had the greatest argument. You're willing to spend $2 at a foreign ATM sure. to get 20 bucks, but you can't send a, a, a humble podcast $2 a year? Right. So there's that. And then there's the whole notion that from the very beginning, when Rogan sure was going and um, Corolla at the same time, because they were the first ones that yeah. kind of popped, they should have charged a dime an episode. Yeah, yeah. Just the difference between completely free yeah. versus you get used to pressing the button and sending a donation kind and, of thing. And, and a year for $2. You know, anything like Absolutely. that. Because I, I, this all tracks back to Napster and the wrecking of the music industry. Yeah. When all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, the music's free. The music is not free. Right. The people that wrote it, the people that played it, the yeah. people that recorded it, the people that, you know, marketed it. Yeah. All those folks deserve a little bit for you to enjoy. And when, you know, I'm not blaming the kids because no, they didn't realize what they were doing. But when somebody got the new, I don't know, no doubt record 15 years ago and suddenly everybody at the school had it. Yeah. Pristine. Yeah. I, I just... Are we just from a generation or an old time where we appreciated that people made these things for us and were willing to give? And I'm not saying, yeah, maybe 11.99 was too much for a CD, sure. but by God, a dime an episode for a podcast or 50 cents for a song you like yeah. is not crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I it's think, not going to uh, break you either. Yeah, the music example is a perfect one because yeah, especially now with COVID, since most musicians make their living thanks to being um, thanks to being on the road. And of course, they can be on the road now. By the way, I just went to see a concert, but it was in a drive-in. And so it was uh, Ozomatli. Uh, they are awesome. Oh, that's cool. Ulysses Bella. We should have Ulysses on the show at some point. He's hilarious. He's such a nice guy. And they were having like a drive-in concert. So, I mean, it's at least it's something, you know, it's a gig. Uh... Did you do it at the Ventura Fairgrounds? Yeah, yeah that's Well, we went to one of those too with that yeah. rickety-ass stage yeah. blowing up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought they were all going to get killed. We went to see, it was a guy doing um, 2 a.m. at the Sands, and there was like a, a, a legendary Frank Sinatra concert right. where the Rat Pack was all there. And man, he had a great band. And these guys, surely probably Vegas guys, but full horn section, yep. and it was incredible. And um, I think there were 82 cars there. Oh, and I can't, and they had like a three night stand, and the wind was blowing, and that thing was swaying. Yeah. The, one of the cameramen, because they have, they have big screens around so you right. can kind of get a good look i was so desperate for a concert i was excited but first of all we got selected for a weapon search on our car and they fucking tore our car apart oh jesus 
I wonder how we got on that list. I blame my wife for her anti-current uh, um, um, uh, administration uh, right. takes on the Facebook and such. She's probably on a list. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they tore through everything. Trunk, hood, how many, underneath. How much was the ticket? $20 a person. <laughs> so 80 cars or something. He's not going to do it. $20. Because I'm sure those disaster. musicians, those guys didn't agree to come up there. It's not like, oh, we get lunch? No. Yeah. I'm sure they yeah, haven't the agreed to amount. Then you've got to pay. I mean, that was probably already. So somebody lost their ass. Now, yeah. it was the middle of three shows, like on a Tuesday. But still, I drove by on Wednesday, and it didn't look like that many more. No, and in fact, so there's that problem that, like, musicians are, unless you are Taylor Swift, they are starving, you know, because they don't have the gig that kept them going. What did you think of the show? It, it show was, was the same great. Thing? You turned the radio on, you could listen yeah. through the radio, and... Yeah, it was great. And, um, it's just weird. And doesn't matter, they're phenomenal, you know, if oh, you... Yeah. I love them, they are great. Just, just the, inter the, the interaction... It's different, of course. The honking the horns, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's and the a whole different gig. And I mean, it's it's a mean to an end. It's like, it's not oh, ideal, yeah. far from it, but it's at least they have something. It's, no. a, a small gig is better than no gig. But the point being, yeah. if you like musicians, find ways to support them, whether it is Maybe they have a Patreon and, or maybe they don't have a Patreon because you don't want to do a monthly regular thing, but maybe you just send them five bucks once, yep. you know, or whatever you can afford. They surely something have a CD on their website somewhere you could buy for $7. Yeah, there's something like that, you know, where at least you help them out in some way. And similar with the podcast model, the problem is that, yes, it's, again, asking it's what any business person would have told you at the beginning, which is, you know, you're asking for people, you're giving a product out for free and you expect to make it work. How in the world is that going to happen? <laughs> you're starting to show it two big cuss words and then followed up with hatred of corporations. Yeah. What, what like, problem getting sponsorship will you ever have? Right. <laughs> no, and you have, uh, you know, so there's that. You have, uh, I understand why Rogan or Corolla did it that way, because when you're launching a new medium, as essentially podcasting was, yep. the last thing you want to do is scare off your audience by asking for them to pick up a credit card, even if it's very little, even if it is the $2 a year, because you have to get over the laziness of people to go, podcast, what? What do I have to do? You want me to pay? Are you crazy? You know, if they just have to press play, it's a little easier for them to check it sure. out. The problem is that now you grow a medium where people are used to having it for free. Yep. So there's that vicious cycle. So that problem is the listener support concept for the most part doesn't work. There are exceptions. I'm sure there are people who have made it work, but generally speaking, it really doesn't. The um, sponsors, the numbers have to be huge because uh, what sponsors give you per thousand downloads is infinitesimally small we're back to that diamond episode again yeah it's really really <laughs> tiny so you know you need to again it boils down to you need to have a huge audience to make money we're talking in the hundred thousand plus at least otherwise you're not making you know you're making oh hey we got 50 bucks great you know you're not really making money so there's that so sponsors don't really take care of it listeners don't really take care of it um, you know, Amazon or something, again, it goes with the listener thing. It's like, it's better than nothing. It helps a little, but it doesn't really quite do it. Or again, it only does it if you have those insane numbers, which at that point, you're probably going to bargain it into a TV show anyway, because, you know, if you show up with 10 million downloads, anybody's going to give you anything you want. You don't even need the Amazon click at that point. Yep. So, so for anything other than the, 
0.1% of podcasts, the super big shows, those everybody else is kind of in a tough spot in terms of making it work financially because it's not a business model that works in that direction. And so this is where you can kind of, you know, all the people who are all against the the selling out, the purity of the podcast model, all of that stuff. Yeah, if you treat it like a hobby, if it's a hobby, sure, why not? We'll look up to mics, we'll chat, whatever. But if you are expecting something, you know, people to put the time and energy on a way that's not just purely in a hobby kind of way, then it, the whole game becomes trickier. And that's where you can see why if you get a paywall where they guarantee a certain amount of money to a podcaster to produce certain number of episodes per year, they start looking real attractive, real fast. They look um, crazy, though. That doesn't seem like... How's that hold? Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, those guys are also relying on the fact that... I mean, even that model, like the paywall model, they are relying right now on investors because nobody knows if that model is going to work or not. Yep. Could be that they collapse, which is not good news for podcasting in general because the reason why people went behind the paywall to begin with is because it wasn't working without the paywall. So if the paywall model collapses, it's not that suddenly, oh, podcasting is great and free again. You know, you get... Joe whatever from Nebraska who's got his little show and is fine because he's doing it for fun but you're not going to have somebody who's putting 200 hours a month into creating a show who's going to put it out for free because they can't you know no nor should they so it's kind of a fucking mess because it's uh, it's sort of a damn if you do and damn if you don't type of story because, you know, on one end, free podcasting really doesn't work well. Paywalls, nobody like them. I understand. And it's a pain in the ass. And never mind the fact that we have to see if they are going to work long term because right now they are probably not paying thanks to the money of the people subscribing they are paying on investors hoping that their subscription become big enough as to pay for themselves i also wonder what's the uh when you have 40 50 60 million less people sitting in their cars or sitting on trains that has got to be affecting does affect how many i mean podcast sponsorship from what i heard from the people who used to find me sponsors for history on fire vanished they are down by 75 percent yeah and probably for that very reason. Yeah. So seventy-five percent slash, and also because some industries have collapsed. Oh yeah. And some have done so well that they don't need sponsors. So it's like if you have uh, you make supplements, you make uh, workout gear, you don't need to advertise. They are selling themselves. You know, there's there's a waiting list for that stuff. How would you like to own uh, fifty-seven multiplexes and an expensive piece of? Uh rental area across the country yeah right now. that's and, and so that's though over there are others that are don't have the money to do it so it's very tricky so moral of the story is i completely understand like the people being all upset about uh, rogan going behind it's not exactly a paywall but he's like the next hurdle along the way i mean like i think i read uh he his contract is a hundred million dollars that's what i read and he's immediately going to run to texas so he doesn't have to pay any taxes of course it. uh how do you say how many things would you not do for a hundred million dollars you know it's what's a very short list what's on the list of uh now 
I can see the counter argument, which is if you are if you are anybody else and you get an offer that's life changing. Of course, you're not gonna get under a million dollars, but if you get a fraction of that, yeah. I can see the lot. If you are Joe Rogan, you're already doing great. Do you really need to make that jump? Like in some way, there's the question is, is he going to fuck him up more? Because inevitably his audience is going to go down dramatically because, you know, when he's no longer on YouTube, when he's no longer on all the other things, his audience is going to shrink. By how much, we don't know. But it's clearly going to shrink substantially. And people will be upset about it too. And they will not. There'll be a big chunk that doesn't follow. And I mean, I'd say easily 30%. And some of it is ridiculous because I literally have seen people complain about uh, what? He want me to download another free app just to listen to him? Is like, do you just hear how entitled that sound is? Well, like, I have to click. Yeah, what? He wants me to. It's like, come on, man. There's a it's line like, that goes across the screen for four seconds. It's tough. Three man. shows a, a week, uh, three hours each, completely free, and you just have to download a new app and you're bitching about it. Just screw you. So there's that. But but then at the same time, I understand the other side of the equation, which is a guy like Joe is making, I don't know how much he's making, but he's making millions pretty clearly. Yep. So when you are making millions, do you really need to change anything? Or is it good as it is? It's like, and again, I don't know his personal life. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know exactly how much he's making. I don't know any of that. So what the fuck do I know, right? There's no way that I can make a good call regarding that decision because A, it's not my decision to make and B, I just don't know it. But the question is, I can see the logic to that. It's like, if you are Joe, do you really need to change a winning formula? Maybe a hundred million dollars are a convincing argument, but again, if you make uh, five million dollars a year, does it even matter at that point how many more you make? I don't know. It seems the whole Wendango theory, you know, once you get that appetite. Well, I am making five or eight million a year. Isn't this a hundred million? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, even after taxes, if that's sitting in your bank, your family is taken care of for generations. Sure, for sure. If the banking holds. So there's that. Get paid in gold, Joe. Right? Yeah, because for sure, real. By then, hundred million dollars is about a loaf of bread by the time that. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, It's. So, moral of the story, if you guys have a genius way to make the podcasting podcasting pay for itself, we all want to hear it because the reality is that I don't think anybody, save for a few exceptions, and it works for them specifically, not for the industry as a whole, yep. anybody has really figured out how to make podcasting work long term in a satisfactory way. No. And like a lot, it's, I think a big chunk of the successful ones were all these comedians where they were really just sort of, instead of having to go on the morning wacky show yeah. in every city they go to, they don't got to do that shit anymore. I mean, sure. they probably still do, but not to the extent they had to. Yeah. Now they've got followings that way. So I think they've probably done well, but now there's no comedy clubs. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a tricky gig for sure. It's so, crazy. Um, so that's kind of where it's at. You know, it's not that there's a very clear, good answer to it. I think the clear good answer in our own personal life is support the content creators you like however you can. Um, musicians in particular, podcasters, other forms too. I, I have no answer to that. We've been only pondering it for eight years. Yeah, that's a tricky one. That's, I just do it because uh, I like hanging out with you. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of a nice, it's just sort of become, you know, a part of the month. Oh, it's time to go do another one. And it's fun to put it out there. And, you know... There have been a lot of positives. I don't want to sure. sound like it's a complaint. No, I no, was telling no. you earlier, like um, we sent out, 
I think eight of our straw bale guides, yeah. and in a 36-hour period last week, I got three different pictures from people with their successful gardens and happy tomatoes, and that by itself, oh yeah, is more than enough. And again, I think like also is the difference. You know, drunken Taoists, we work. What do you think? We do two episodes, so the time we record, we have to listen, we have to edit. Yep. What do you think? Each episode we work maybe five hours? Five hour, yeah. yeah, about five hours on so each it's episode. 10 hours let's say. a month, and that's easily fit into a day. It's, yeah. I'm in front of a computer anyway. Right. That can be, that's a hobby. Yeah. Right. So totally. if we make a little money, great, but it's not a. With something like History on Fire, where you have to put like, 100 plus 200 hours in a month that's a full-time job yep so you need to pay like a full-time job or you need to have another full-time job in which case you can no longer do a history on fire like you do time to do it two episodes a year and that's what you can do as a hobby in your spare time but there's no way you can do it as a sustaining thing so again even that not all podcasts are born equal in that regard because they depending on how much time they take it changes dramatically what's required to keep them going essentially and that's uh, history on fire i mean it's top notch yeah. apple award winning it's uh you know you're in the dan carlin crowd and there's not many of you guys up there and yeah. people clearly love it yeah so you know i'm it sucks you know every time i read somebody who's like oh paywall or war the worst part about it that i'm really dissatisfied with is the deal that like there's a bunch of countries where it's not available where they can't sign up. Like, uh, Luminar is only available in, like, I forget, like, eight countries, something like that. Well, then you should be able... Well, I guess then people could reach through and Yeah, and then... So it's <sighs> that... I mean, I know people use VPNs. That's a good answer. Yeah. Because you can put the UR from somewhere else, and then you have access to whatever you want, and you can sign up. What possible so, uh, nefariousness could come from that? Right. So there's <laughs> that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. But so, you know, it's... I'm not happy every time I read somebody who's like, oh, man, the paywall. I'm like, I understand. It sucks. But put yourself in my shoes. What's the better alternative? You come up with it, by all means, tell me. But otherwise, I mean, Luminary right now is like $5 a month. Yeah, for less. Like 35 great podcasts. Even if, you, even if you only like one. Yeah. Right? For $5 a month, or actually if you sign up for a year, is even less than that. It's like $3 a month or something. And it's access to the whole library too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know. That one, unfortunately, we don't have an answer for. Well, the funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas podcast. An hour flies by yet again. I thought that was a fantastic conversation. We haven't fixed anything, but it gives people something to think about and how we can lean things in the right direction. I think nobody ever fixes anything in those terms in the sense that nobody, you know, there's no preset formula that will magically fix things for everybody. There's ideas that you can take some places to that hopefully help you. Yep. and give you a better shot at doing a good job in your life and in the life of people around you. I agree. So on that note, I think we said everything we wanted to say at the top. Uh, anything else we need to throw out there? No. We'll see everybody next time. I hope they're not too upset, but you know, if you want to send $2, you're more than welcome to. Thank see you, you next time. Thank you, guys. Sweet.
And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great, fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell. Can me you about, translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. Well. <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's maybe too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Wow!